you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what to do. Hola, como estas? <laughs> Not the Spanish. <laughs> Welcome to Definition of a Woman. There's levels to this shit. We are your host. I'm Nadia. Danielle. Michelle. She threw us off. I did. She like threw- I came through. We come through. <laughs> she threw us off. I was like, okay, you better. <laughs> Just practicing, you know, for, for when I do travel. Oh, you know? You know. Well, it's good practice. It's, it's very good practice. So this week, we're going to jump right in because we have a guest and we're super excited to get into it, okay? Excited. We're super excited. Today, I have my friend, my rider, die. Okay. Okay? Her name is Brandy, and she has a podcast called... <clears throat> Did you hear the news? So y'all make sure <laughs> you go check that out. Brandy, do you want them to follow you on your socials? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at dbrandy with an I. That's T H E Brandy with an I. And I'm um, also on Twitter, D Brandy with A I. Twitter is tripping. They didn't want to let me get that E in there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that I, okay? She gets real defensive about that I. She do. She do. I remember we was on live. She gets it. She gets it. <laughs> It is, and I t- I do that because the news is depressing as hell. Yes. Okay, the news is the news is very depressing, but I also feel the need to be in the know. If I'm going to be course. a productive citizen of society, I need to know Not what's a going one. on. Try, <laughs> I try, I try. So I definitely look to my friend to be like, girl. What is it? Okay. And why? Yes, what it is. We have to be informed out here. We I like it. Pull the and we'll do. Think it's hell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and do. So um, maybe a few weeks ago at this point, um, an opinion was drafted by mm-hmm. the Supreme Court and then it was quotation marks. We're not a uh, video recording, but was leaked. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that's really the basis of our episode today. We want to talk about the government and their obsession with controlling women and their uteruses. Okay, say obsession again. Obsession. Okay. I don't know why they won't let us live. (laughs) Um, But before we get into it and and have Brandy give us the ins and outs of what's going on with this, along with other things going on in the world with the government. Steadily pulling the wool over our eyes, as Nadia mentioned. Um, we're just going to run through just a few little tidbits and times in history where the government has made decisions regarding women without women input. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which they do a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, so, if you didn't know, at one point, rape was initially deemed a property crime against the victim's father. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Not a I got raped, but it, my right. daddy is okay. Okay. Uh, right. Let's let's keep moving. Americans' l- laws long forbade women from full societal participation. For example, in 1948, the Supreme Court affirmed women couldn't be big city bartenders unless their father or husband owned the establishment. 
Only in 1973 could women serve on a jury in all 50 states. And until 1974, women, without their husband's permission, could be refused credit cards. Now, just take it's a enough. moment. It's just too much. <laughs> Think about how recent that is, though. Yeah. Like, I was just about to say, yeah. it wasn't that long ago. It's not. Y'all mamas was alive and kicking. <laughs> a kicking Absolutely. in 1973. Probably an older sister. Exactly. Listen. Listen. Alive and well. Alive and well. A credit card? Now they shoving credit cards down our throat. See, it's always been a scam. (laughs) (laughs) They said, let's let women get credit cards, and now we shoving it down their throat. Scam. Scam from the beginning. Um, The Equal Rights Amendment still has not crossed the finish line. Women are not included in certain provisions of the landmark Civil Rights Act of 1964, and even the Equal Rights Law has huge loopholes that companies often use to not pay women the same as they pay men. Not a, not a shock or a surprise. Not, so. But a shame and a scandal it, it nonetheless. Is a shame and a scandal. <laughs> shame you and gotta a put the right scandal words on it. nonetheless. None. So those are just a few times throughout history. Um, and we ain't even touched on our bodies and how we're supposed to dress and all. We ain't even we ain't even tippy toed towards that because it's it's definitely a big thing um but my first question to you brandy um to kind of get your insight of what you know that's going on or what has gone on in more recent years how are you seeing or have seen uh the way the government moves how they are passing laws or not passing laws um showing up in the same ways that they did in the past yes absolutely so I know you mentioned recent years, but this goes way back, even to slavery, to the 18th and the 19th century, okay? So, as you said before, basically women were seen as property, especially slaves. And we have to talk about the differences between white women and, of course, women of color. Yes, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, (laughs) black women were slaves. Their children were also property. So they're having children. Their children are being taken from them for the purposes of continuing slavery. And at that time, we find that white men are basically monopolizing the field of obstetrics and gynecology. Mm -hmm. And so they are demonizing the midwives, the black midwives, because they're coming in and providing care for the black women. And they're also doing things to prevent abortion because we can't abort those fetuses. Those are property. Right. We're going to sell those. We have to maintain the status quo. We have to maintain our economics. We can't have these women killing our children, right? So, and I say that loosely, some of them might have been their children, but they're right. also... <laughs> Figuratively and literally. Right. So we see that the the white doctors are trying to demonize the midwives and pushing them out of the field and pushing, you know, any black women uh, out of, and once again, this is starting in slavery, but as we continue on, any black women that are attempting to come into the field of, you know, medicine and obstetrics, they're pushing them out. 
They're trying to make sure that they have a monopoly on those fields because, number one, they're getting the money. Number two, they can control, you know, the children that are born, right? So right. They want to maintain, of course, the white race because they're the dominant race, but they also are going to need these slave babies because that's how we make the money. So we see it start there, right? And then it kind of continues through the years, as you say, you know, women weren't included in uh, many things. You know, once men of color started getting rights, even white women were not included in um, some of those rights. And then we see that the government is still doing the same things as far as abortion access. But now they're trying to pretend it's for different reasons, right? Mm. Oh, well, it's because we want to make sure that it's safe for the black woman and, you know, black children, because black women do on average get abortions more than women of other colors. Right. But that's not necessarily the case. Right. Right. They're trying to make sure that black women don't get the abortions because we know that economically speaking in the African-American community, the reason that women are getting abortions is because, they have unplanned pregnancies, mm-hmm. which is higher in African-American communities. Uh, domestic violence and partner abuse is higher, so they might not necessarily want to have the child of an uh, abusive partner. Uh, all those type of things that kind of keep the woman in her place, right? Mm-hmm. So if we make sure that we, we we tie these women to these babies, we know there's an economic impact, right? So it just kind of mails from one reason to the other as we go through the years so it's not really much of a difference in wanting to control women's bodies but it's a a facade of why we're doing it right it's always to the benefit of white male patriarchy for being honest (laughs) isn't everything (laughs) (laughs) the whole kit and caboodle okay Okay. everything absolutely Okay, that was good. I, I like how you brought that, you know, full, full circle. circle. Because really, yeah. all of that really was, like, to that point. Like, for the benefit yeah. of, of white men staying in charge. And isn't that a shame? <laughs> um, so, we all have heard about this um, leaked abortion opinion decision. Um, but I want you to expand a little bit more specifically about this particular um, drafted opinion and maybe a little bit, you don't have to get too deep, the difference mm-hmm. between an opinion and a decision. Okay. So basically everything that the Supreme Court releases is a, an opinion, right? So they have a process where, you know, as you've seen probably in, let's go with the Texas abortion case, Texas put out these ridiculous, crazy laws, you know, in a state that has one of the worst mortality rates in the country. They're like, okay, you can't get abortions past a certain date, you know, or certain amount of weeks. So what happens is when a state brings forth a law, it can be challenged, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be challenged so many times that it goes kind of up the rungs. And then it hits the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court either says we're going to take it or we're not. Mm -hmm. So the Supreme Court said, we'll take this case. Um, And at the same time, we'll allow you to continue banning abortions in in this way while we 
hear the arguments of the case. So at that point, uh, someone for the state of Texas will come in and then someone from, you know, the most likely, it depends on who the defendant is, but I think in this case, it was like, you know, the U.S. So they have their differing opinions. They come in, they make their arguments. The Supreme Court listens, they hear the arguments, they ask the questions. Um, and if you listen to them, you can kind of tell how they're going to lean based on the questions they ask and based on the answers they're given. Mm -hmm. So they did this process. They had the arguments. Um, and then they take it back amongst themselves, right? And they discuss it. And they kind of do like a preliminary vote in which they say, okay, like, well, where do we stand today, right? And so based on where the vote is that day, keep in mind, this opinion is actually from February this year. So at that time, they, they discussed it. They went back and forth. They had a vote. And depending on what side, so basically the five Republican or Republican uh, appointed judges uh, were all saying, okay, yeah, we'll keep it. Then we had the four justices who were against it. So whoever is the uh, senior justice on each side will determine who gets to write the opinion or who gets mm. to write the dissent. Gotcha. So Justice Family, though, uh, wrote the opinion for what was the vote at that time. So keep in mind that, once again, this is a preliminary vote. It can change. It cannot. Chief Justice Roberts is said to have been kind of behind the scenes working on a compromise because he doesn't necessarily want to just totally get rid of bro. Like, is there a mm -hmm. way that we can work through this? But in the meanwhile, there were... Uh, opinions and a dissent written. So that is what was leaked. Now, who leaked it? We don't know. They, everyone has their idea. The left says that it could possibly be someone who was conservative, who felt like one of the conservative judges was closer to flipping. The mm -hmm. right says it was a liberal uh one of the someone on the liberal side who wanted to uh make everybody upset before the election. Either way, uh, it was leaked. It's, that's not something that normally happens. It's, everything is usually kept under wraps. That's why it was kind of a huge deal. But that's how you kind of see, like, the, the just outrage that occurred because everyone kind of thought they knew. But when this came out, it was mm -hmm. like, okay, so we see that this is really where you're going to take it. So that's basically the difference between a draft opinion and an opinion. Now, I'm sure I'm not the only one who didn't read the thousands of pages of, of the whole um, opinion. Mm -hmm. um, I read a few, and I mean very few. few <laughs> <laughs> I dabbled. I, I skimmed, and I read a few summary articles from probably very biased sources, okay? Just going to be yeah. com completely honest. So I want to know really more exactly what it said because I had read kind of some conflicting reports. Some, mm -hmm. you know, the big outrage or l let's say the, the clickbait is they're going to ban abortions. Mm -hmm. And then I read another right. article and they're like, well, we're not necessarily going to ban it. We're just going to make it where the states can, can ban decide. it. Yeah. Um, we're going to yeah. take our hands off of it and it's going to be like, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, if you die, you die right. kind of situation. Right. right. So which one, right. you know, kind of which one is it? And if you happen to know, um, reliable, unbiased source that you could possibly drop so the audience can go kind of read and form their own opinions as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. I can't say that I know unbiased sources. <laughs> but what I, what I will say is that, so what what it kind of means for what was written, per se, is that when they say we're not technically banning abortions, that means we're going to kick it back to the states, right? We're going to let the states make the decision on whether or not they're going to allow abortion, right? And Mm -hmm. so that means that the states in which there are already laws written, as soon as Roe is overturned to ban abortion, will ban abortion, which means that abortion is being banned. So it's like they're trying to twist it and turn it into technicalities, but it's like, okay, no, abortion won't be illegal everywhere, but it will be illegal in some places. For instance, you know, states that have signed laws that said at the time of fertilization, it's illegal, right? So right. that instance is making abortion illegal. If we're saying that every person or every you know, every person that can have a child, because I don't want to say women, because not it's not just women these days, right? Every person that can have a child should have access to abortion, no matter where they live. And that's not going to be the case if you overturn this. Now, as far as people that I follow for the news, once again, like I said, they're not necessarily unbiased, but they're going to give you the raw what is being said. Because you read these opinions, they're super long. Mm-hmm. The jargon <laughs> and, and the vernacular is, like, super hard to understand. But I, I literally follow, um, there is Rewire uh, News. Okay. It's R-E-W-I-R-E News. I follow them. And I also follow... Um, Ellie Mistel, F-E-L-I-E-M-Y-S-T-A-L. He's a man, but his name's Ellie. Um, I follow them because they are actually, Rewired News Group has actually been following, like, abortion in the Supreme Court for years. Like, that's just what they do. Okay. Uh, Eli is follows the Supreme Court in general. That's just what he does. Like, these are people that went to school for this. They understand constitutional law, things like that. So I followed them, and of course, they're they're very passionate about what they do, but they're also going to give you the, this is what's being said. And this is how I feel about it. Now, that's going to be the biased part, but at least you you get to understand, like, what you're reading. Because, like you said, a lot of the time, you're just kind of like, okay, like, what does that (laughs) mean? You know what I'm saying? Especially with, you know, all of the cases that he threw out in that opinion. Uh, For instance, Obergefell and, and Loving versus Virginia and Griswold versus Connecticut saying, you know, we understand that you're concerned about these cases, but we're just talking about abortion. But okay, so what does that mean, right? Because a lot of people don't actually understand what this abortion case is about, right? It's not necessarily about abortion, per se. Mm -hmm. It's about the right to privacy, Mm. right? So... It's about you being able to make the decisions about what you do with your body or who you love or who you marry. That's your private decision, and that should be 
a right that is constitutionally sound, but the argument is that per Alito, the Constitution does not specifically say that your privacy is a right. Mm. So if this is overturned, what does that mean for Loving versus Virginia, which was interracial marriage or the same-sex marriage decision or the decision where, uh, you know, married couples have, you know, the choice to use contraception. That's why I think everyone is so concerned because it just, it goes way below the surface. It's not just a surface issue of abortion. Mm -hmm. It's how can this being overturned trigger those types of things? Because once again... He's not wrong when he says this is just about abortion. Yes, because that's the case that has come to you. Right. But if we already know that we have lawmakers who are ready and willing, who have already said they feel like interracial marriage and and same-sex marriage should be state rights issues, if we already know we have those type of lawmakers who will write those laws and legislatures who will pass those laws, then that also means we can be right back here again about same-sex marriage, about birth control, even IVF, because once again, those are embryos, right? Right. If the argument is the embryo is a person, then, you know, it's, it's just like a, a the domino effect, it's right? It's a slippery it's a slope. <laughs> I mean, shit, I even think about, can we be back to slavery? I mean, if there's... Right, we go way back. Jumping off a bridge first. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um. Okay, so how are states getting around um, federal law to ban abortion? Right, so that's the tricky part. That's how tricky these people are. So they're not making it a criminal issue, right? They're making it a civil issue. So they're basically saying we're going to give any Tom, Dick, and Harry who might know about your abortion story, who might have some details, we're going to give them the right to bring civil litigation against you, civil action against you. If they can prove you got an abortion, they get 10K. But not just that, you have to be on the hook for their lawyer fees, their attorney fees. So now it's it's basically how do we make sure these people pay such a high penalty mm-hmm. or money that they already didn't have, right? Because they're getting an abortion, but likely they don't even have the money to take care of a child. Right. And now we're putting them through a legal system that's going to cause them even more stress, even more strife. You can sue the doctor. You can sue the Lyft driver who dropped you off or anyone who aided a woman in having an abortion. We saw in Texas how they arrested a young lady because she went to the hospital. Now, I'm not 100% on whether or not she was miscarrying or if she had actually taken uh, abortion pills, which they call like self, I think they call it like um, self-regulated or something like that, abortion so basically, she went to the hospital because whatever was happening, you know, her fetus was exiting her body. She needed medical care. Mm-hmm. And they locked her up. Now, recently, they did have to release her because they were like, we have to drop these charges. Because what do you mean you're you're locking up women yeah. 
Right. Because they're, you know, they're making their own choices about their body. So that's how they're getting around the criminal aspect of it, right? Mm -hmm. But at the point that Roe v. Wade is completely overturned, it's no longer the civil aspect. It's we can lock you up. We can arrest you for having an abortion, for, you know, abortion pills, all of that (laughs) stuff. So it's like... I hate to say it, but, like, it's really kind of smart. It's like, oh, you were really thinking about this, right? Because who would have thought that that would be the way that they would circumvent it? Now, we do have people like Gavin Newsom, who's kind of tried the opposite with guns in California. So we'll see how it goes. The point is that it's a slippery slope, right? Mm -hmm. Because you start giving any old person off the street the power to start litigating some of these things like it's going to tie up the court system it's going to tie up people's funds and so that's a deterrent to having an abortion even if it's not criminally illegal so i have a question um Mm -hmm. are they making it black and white like it's just completely black and white no gray area meaning that everybody that has an abortion is not necessarily monetary or or domestic relationship it could be a rape Mm -hmm. that occurred and they got pregnant or it could be a life or death situation where if the mom actually carries out the pregnancy she could you know what I mean potentially pass are there Mm -hmm. any gray areas where they're saying you know with these we accept or is it just all hey if you abort this is what's going on Right. So that's part of the outrage again. In different states, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. But many of these states are not carving in exceptions, right? They'll say, oh, well, of course we want, you know, the safety of the mother. That's like the biggest thing. But they're not carving I- exceptions for women who may die, who, are, you know, are having issues, who were raped, mm-hmm. who, you know, are is product of incest. They're not carving in those exceptions. Yeah. And uh, let me make it very clear. A woman should be able to have an abortion no matter what, whether or not mm-hmm. she can afford it and it was just unplanned, whether or not she can afford it, whether or not it's going to be dire for her health. But it's like they're throwing this blanket over every abortion and a lot of people don't realize that those situations in which a mother is carrying a fetus that's not going to live outside her body or a fetus that is actually killing her they don't realize that once that fetus is you know the life is ended that's technically an abortion and so it's not one size fits, fits all, exactly. but that's the way that these legislatures are making it. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate because, once again, it's the women who are stuck with these health decisions that they should be making when they want to make them on their own. But someone is telling them, you know, well, you have a baby that is uh, inside of you and it's not alive. But you're going to have to carry it to the point that we can induce your labor and you, and you can birth actually go into the right. Yeah, you know, it's it's insanity. It completely yeah. insanity because at the end of the day, just imagine what you're putting a poor mother through. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Especially a mother that mm-hmm. genuinely wanted that child, right? Because there's there's right. mo- that those things happen. 
So I'm carrying a child that I know I'm not even going to, uh, you know what I mean, yeah, to, to deal with. You know what I mean? But I got to carry it nine months knowing it's inside of me. like Which is probably more traumatic. More traumatic. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. A lot of the time, you hear people say, oh, well, you guys are saying that babies can be aborted right up to the minute. It's like, no, that doesn't happen. If a woman is carrying a baby right up to her due date or something like that, it's extremely unlikely that she wanted to abort that baby. Right. right? Like, people aren't just going out and aborting, like, nine, eight, nine-month, ten-month-old fetuses like that. Or, you know, that's just not happening. But it's it's a tactic they use to instill outrage in their base so that mm-hmm. they go, oh, well, you guys are just killing babies no matter what. And it's like, okay, but at the expense of women who are really going through this trauma, you know? Right. It's wild. So, Brandy, yeah. just another quick question, because I heard you mention mm-hmm. that um, any woman basically should be able to have an abortion, right? Um, out of curiosity, do you feel like that there should be a time limit on it? Like, you know what I mean? Because I know some states at one point state, you know, made a comment or made a rule that, okay, up to five months, you could have an abortion and, and, you know, just different states say different things. Do you feel like that there should be a time frame, or do you feel like, Hey, you know, as long as the mother doesn't want the baby before her due date, she, she, you know, she should be okay to get it. An abortion. That's a good right. question. We're going to go around the table, too. I want everyone yeah. to answer that. Let me preface by saying I'm not a medical provider, right? So right. I don't know at what point it's actually harmful for the mother and the child mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Uh, have an abortion, right? So I think 24 weeks was like the normal viability for yeah. like what Roe covered. So that's why anything sooner than that is kind of considered like a challenge to Roe because 24 weeks was that cut off period um i'm more inclined to say maybe yes that's probably where you need to stop it after that maybe you need to make some other choices about what you're going to do um aside from those people who are like literally likely to die you know Mm -hmm. i don't think that i don't agree with aborting a baby after nine months at that point i'm like hey you kind of planned a little late right (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what goes on in a woman's life to make her make that decision and i just don't think that that's something that happens that often for me to say yeah yeah i'm I, i totally stand behind it i think that the the current viability was just fine I don't see why we have to make it sooner and sooner to the point where we're at the fertilization fertilization period mm-hmm. is the cutoff, you know, because how many people know they have a, a fertilized egg in them at the time that it's fertilized? Right. right? So I, I'd be more inclined to say, yes, we probably should stop at a certain point. What that point is, I don't know. As a person who has no medical background. <laughs> That's no good. Medical. What about you, Danielle? I agree with Brandy. I think there is a stopping point. Now, I do want to say I don't agree with abortion as birth control. I just want to put mm-hmm. it out there. Mm-hmm. But um, I do agree that, you know, I, I don't, again, I am not a medical person <laughs> either. Um, so I can't tell you the exact cutoff, but I do think there's a certain point where it should, you know, 
be a life or death situation if the woman mm-hmm. is going to go through with 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 an abortion. What about you, Nadia? Um, no, I definitely agree. I don't think that you know you waiting you know waiting so long at that point, like Brandy stated. I think you should probably make a a different choice to say abortion may not should not be or may not let me not say should not may not be the best option because of a what I'll be putting myself through, and then knowing that if especially if the baby is of a certain you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying certain growth period, you know. There's all all types of different stages that they go through, but um, I feel like if it's if if it's harm harm to the point where it's like that the child is already done start form you mm-hmm. know forming and everything, but um, but like and like Danielle said to her point, no, I don't think it should be used as birth control for sure. But you definitely want to again. I'm. I, I have no medical experience. <laughs> Look, I know a, a few medical terminology. Okay, but, but that's where that. it starts and stops. <laughs> um, but you know, I definitely think that the mom should be healthy. I think, I, and as Brandy stated, of course, if something is going on with the mother, you may not necessarily know until the child, until the the baby is what seven, eight, eight, nine months. I mean, mm-hmm. they let you know certain stuff. But again, you know, as a mom, somebody who wants a child, they're going to wait it out, right? So if I wait it out and they say, you know, this is going to happen, let the mother make the choice and decision. Because right. at the end of the day, a baby being born just to just to be born and not have a mom, is that is that okay? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that's that's as healthy either. So I'm okay with. A, a, a mother deciding, a woman deciding with what she wants to do with her body and why, mm-hmm. especially because of certain stip- stipulations, situations, and all that good stuff. But let's let's kind of cut it off. Let, don't go too far <laughs> and just be like, I'm gonna go ahead and do it in seven months. Like <laughs> take, enough's enough. T- take take a L on that one. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily disagree with you guys, but I kind of do. Only because when a woman doesn't want a baby, she doesn't want a baby. I can almost, I would almost bet money that there are more women that kill their children than have late-term abortions. I would almost bet money on it. And so it's like you tell them to keep this baby only for them to maybe say, maybe say, okay, I'm going to give it up for adoption. Then we need to start talking about how many kids actually get adopted, Mm -hmm. specifically black kids. Yeah. Very few. I mean, in this country, it's not, it's not a lot. And then they're in group homes and they're sexually assaulted. They're mentally, physically, sexually abused until they turn 18 and then they're homeless. Right. And, or vice versa, they're guilted into keeping a baby and then they drive them off a bridge. They drown them in a bathtub. I mean, like, that happens, in my opinion, more often than late-term abortions. And that's the thing that has me conflicted Mm -hmm. because I would rather—this is going to sound horrible, (laughs) but there's no other way. I would rather a baby who has not taken their first breath Mm -hmm. to die Mm -hmm. than a child who recognizes somebody as their mother Mm -hmm. watch them kill them. Yeah. Or be tortured. Yeah. Like, it's just— Yeah. I'm kind of like— I don't know what is medically safe at after a certain point. Right. So yeah. I, to me, I'm like, if you know you don't want a baby, you just don't want a baby. Period. And That's how I feel. Period. Yes. You know that. You so know? that you know that by 24, you know that by 24 weeks, or or mm-hmm. or I'm I'm even saying let's put it at a a certain a certain time frame. What I'm saying is. 
seven months, if seven months the whole time, you, I don't want this damn baby. I don't want that. You knew it at four. You know what I'm saying? You knew it at yeah. four months. So just mm-hmm. go ahead and I'm saying don't take it away from them, right? Don't get, don't take away the option for them to, to for them to do it because at the end of the day, you are 100% right. When I think about women who had children that they don't need, next thing you know, they rather the baby daddy was around or not. If he wasn't around, they got a boyfriend in, a boyfriend messing with the child. Like, it's so Crazy much shit stuff, be right? Because they didn't want the child to begin with. So I, I just be double advocate here. Because to me, when I think about what you just said, there is no difference to me between an eight, nine-month-old baby that's in your womb, already knows and feels its mother, connected mm-hmm. to its mother, than a one- or two-year-old that's outside the womb. There's no difference to me. I get what you're that's saying. That, that connection you know is, is there. It's the same. You're, you're saying, baby. To me, you, you would be killing your baby, period. That's because you that's love that. your baby and you wanted your baby. Like, the baby doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they know your voice, but when they're. When, baby, that baby is big as hell in that, at that time. Yeah, but you're talking about how the mother feels, not how the baby feels. The baby doesn't know that's the mom. The baby knows a familiar voice. The baby doesn't know mom's voice. They don't know what a mom is. They don't know what a dad. They don't know anything. They know your voice. They know your heartbeat. But they know any. I mean, you put a heartbeat. That's why they make baby machines that sound like heartbeats and feel like heartbeats because they don't know the difference. And to Brandy's point, there's not, in my opinion, I don't Mm -hmm. feel like there's many medical professionals not doing things under the table Mm -hmm. that are going to give you an abortion that's unsafe for you. Right. So I don't. I guess that's why I'm not thinking that's kind of a big deal. The point is, it's still a child. It's still a child. At that time, to me, it's like killing your child. And and in all fairness, just to kind of look at that, right? In all fairness, if you doing it, you killing your child. Rather you rather you want to look at it that way or not. Once once that child is in that womb and that child kicking around and moving. At one month. That's where it gets slippery. Because if you say they're a baby at nine months, then they're a baby at eight weeks. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying at the end of the day, I would rat I and, and to your point, now I you damn sure shouldn't be that, like eight and nine months. That's what seven months you shouldn't be trying to abort. Right. Six months, I feel like you shouldn't mm-hmm. be trying to abort. Like your ass no come for month month four, I feel like. Like you at the end of the day, a lot of people when they be like, Oh shit, I'm pregnant, I don't want no damn child. You know that from the very beginning, right? right? What mm-hmm. I'm saying is sometimes mm-hmm. you you hold on to it or you feel like I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, Let me think about it. Reasons. Right. But you need to get to a point. I feel like after month four, make or or whatever they come up with, right? Make a choice and decision to say, maybe I not keep it, but maybe maybe a relative, right? That I know somebody who always wanted a child. Do you want to adopt? Maybe figure out different ways, but don't get to a point yeah. where it's getting crazy. You know what I'm right. saying? That's all right, that that's right. how I feel about it at yeah. the end of the day. But I and I think you know, 24 weeks seems like long enough for somebody who knows they don't want it. But this is where the issue lies is that everybody's situation is not the same. 100%. Everybody's not living in their own house and can make their own decisions and have their own money. Like, at a certain, there might be a teenager whose mom like, nah, mm-hmm. you grown enough to, to have sex. You grown enough to, to raise a baby. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. Right. And uh, maybe this kind of really goes back to our topic at hand. Like, if the government-funded group homes are funded adoption agencies or you know with if a child let's say outside of abortion if a child gets taken and it's given to a to a family member the government don't assist like that 
But if a stranger right. takes the right. baby, then right. the government will assist. And so I think like that's right. like okay, you want to ban abortion? Let's say you do it. Then now we need to talk about how you gonna handle all these kids all that these moms these kids, don't want. Eggs. And that's fair. Exactly. That's a fair argument. You want to control my puss? How about you? Come go on ahead. now, come, Full on. Circle. come on, bring it I around. I need something with it. Bring it around. <laughs> <laughs> that's the least you could do. The least you could do. <laughs> the very, the very, very least. <laughs> We cannot lose sight of Brandy's original point, which is there is an ulterior motive here. Okay? Definitely. That is the point, right? So it's like no matter what they're talking about, they do not have our best interests or our baby's best interests. At all. Of course not. At all. We can we speak on that. That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. We're going to have to bring Brandy back. Exactly. <laughs> We're going to have to go through multiple Supreme Court decisions. It would be in place. It would be in place. It would be in place if that was really at the heart of it. All that other shit we we would need in order for that to happen would be in place. They don't care about that shit because that's not what their goal is here. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you make a point. You make a point. You make a point. It's a period. That's a good point. Um, okay, so we know, you know, black women are amazing. We don't went yes, we are. and got us a beautiful, wonderful, smart black woman Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Katenji Brown Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so I was wondering how does her new appointment play into this um draft opinion, if at all? Because I know when we were talking at the beginning, you were like, Well, these people voted and these people voted. Um, so she knew she ain't got a chance to vote. This if this happened right, back in February. Right. So how does her new appointment affect this draft decision, if at all? Not at all, um, <laughs> because she is actually not going to be on the um, Supreme Court until the end of the term, which is when uh, Justice Stephen Breyer said he was going to retire. Right? Oh, so got you. She doesn't even come into play. She doesn't get a vote. She Whatever she feels on the situation really doesn't matter, right? Feeling. Because like I said, this uh, the final opinion is going to be released in June. And then basically that's it for the term. And then she'll come on and it will start a whole another term. So she, she doesn't really get to uh, play into say, the give her say. It wouldn't likely have changed much because... She's expected to be just as liberal as uh, Stephen Breyer. It's kind of like a one-for-one trade. Uh, So she likely would have voted similarly to him. mm -hmm. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, that she's liberals or or whatever are monoliths, but it's likely that she would have had the same um, vote that he had. And unless we get at least one of the conservatives like and, and they're saying most likely it would be uh amy coney barrett or mr beer uh kavanaugh uh so it would likely be one of those two defects over we know clarence thomas is not and gorsuch isn't either so <laughs> um it's just about you know whether or not kavanaugh can stand people being outside of his house um or whatnot. So that was definitely yeah, gonna be my think. next question. It seems like mm-hmm. everybody has voted, and so is the outrage for nothing. It's not because once again, it someone can always change their mind. I was about and to say. That's why I think, like I said, that 
people were more inclined to go like outside his home because he seemed like when you were listening kind of like to the arguments and the questions and how they were friends, he seemed like the more likely person to actually flip sides. Um, and so once again, like I said, part of the conspiracies is that maybe one of those, you know, justices that had already voted against was kind of wiggling back and forth between actually changing their vote. So it's not over until it's over, but it unfortunately it looks dire. <laughs> We're in <laughs> dire need of somebody to change their mind. Right. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it looks like it's likely going to be the case, but it's not over till it's over. This is even more reason, people, for you to make sure you take interest in your state and local elections because if this mm-hmm. is overturned and it leaves it to the state, yep. and you know your state legislators is of the mind that they tell you what to do with your body, and do. then that's yeah. what they're going to do. And so I, oftentimes we don't think about all the things our state and local legislators have control over until it's right in our face exactly. about to affect us directly. And at that point, yeah. they already on for late. at least another two years. <laughs> One to two years, depending on where you at or you voted somebody who's appointing somebody. Right. People don't realize it starts with your local elections and not just like state senators. I mean, it starts at the very, very bottom mm-hmm. because if you look at the trajectory of people who are in Congress, you don't get a AOC or a Trump often, right? Someone who just comes in out of nowhere and just you don't get that often, right? They start at the bottom. Who have been planting seeds? Their county commissioners, their mayors, their they have been planting the seeds, moving up the ranks, right? And so Republicans have been very good, way better than Democrats at playing this long game, mm-hmm. and. I think it was partly because a lot of us just felt like certain things would never happen. Mm-hmm. A lot of people felt like Roe would never be overturned. Now, people on color were probably a lot more skeptical. But <laughs> a lot of people thought Roe would never be overturned. A lot of people thought Donald Trump would never win, including Donald Trump. So, look at us know, now. <laughs> you have to pay attention because these people are starting out early. And I know you said elect people who support abortion. I'm going to be explicit. Elect Democrats. Republicans mm. are supporting abortion, right? <laughs> or they're going to tell you what they want so that you'll vote for them and then they'll do whatever they want. We've seen it happen. We've seen it happen way too many times. You need to uh, elect too Democrats who are for abortion and you need to make sure that when you elect them, you call them, you email them, you reach out to them whatever way you can. Uh, I use ResistBot. I love ResistBot because all I have to do is put in my zip code and they're going to tell me my, my rents, all my information. And they're like, do you want to, you know, type something up? Or like, here's what we typed up for you. Do you want to send it? Super easy. I love using that because it's like, if you don't call, if you don't email, if they don't hear from you, and I'm not going to say it's always going to make them change their mind, but mm-hmm. if they don't hear from you, they're going to assume that they're doing what you want because we right. already know that the voices of the minority are, they always come out so louder mm-hmm. because usually they're screaming. Right. Then <laughs> everyone else. Yeah, so That's a good like, point. <laughs> it's very important that you pay attention to what's going on in your local election. Yeah. 
So, Brandy, a question for you. Why do you feel like so uh, few women are in politics? Well, I think historically it has to do with, once again, men being in charge of everything, right? And it's just very new that women could have credit cards Mm -hmm. and bank accounts without their husband's names on them or their father's permission. So I think it's kind of just that lag of which, like, it's always been, like, this boys' club. Yeah. It's been a men's game. And then you have women who kind of just don't care about office and running for office. Like, they're homemakers. They're, you know, women are in the workplace, and then they come home, and they have to be full-time parents. They work mm-hmm. 24-7. They don't have the time that they could dedicate to actually being in office. I don't know if you watch those people when they're doing voteramas, but to be up all night for 24 hours sounds horrid. Right? <laughs> I ain't got it in me. <laughs> it's not something, yeah, it's, it's likely not something that you're going to do as, like, a single mother or, you know, or the the mother in the house is where it, it's just unless you have a really good partner and i'm not saying it, it's improbable right it's possible, right those are kind of the things like we have all these things that affect women differently just like the way that the women kind of fell out of the workforce when covid happened it was because the women are keeping the children right so it's all these kind of things that it's like an amalgamation of just Women are like, well, that's all for that. Busy out here in these streets. <laughs> women can't do it. Like, they absolutely can't. And then we also have to talk about electability, right? Or what people perceive to be electable. That's mm-hmm. the thing. What Hillary people perceive is big. Yeah. The most qualified candidate, like, ever. Ever. Like, I'm talking about ever. Okay. And she still couldn't win, right? It was, oh... She's not warm enough, and I need to see her with babies and puppies, you know. (laughs) But men don't really have to do that, per se. Like, of course, you got politicians kissing babies, right? But they they don't get dinged on certain things that women do, or they don't be, they're not perceived as, unelectable just because they're men, right? Right, right. Women do. Uh, a women that's so emotional, they're going to start a war, but all the wars have been started Of by course. Men. You all men love you to beat on their chest. You get so a good it, man that beat on their chest, yeah. they, they, they want to they elect them. Like, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So, um, unfortunately, misogyny is, like, so strong. Mm-hmm. Sexism, misogyny is, like, baked into that American pie. So mm-hmm. it, that's got to be part of the reason too, right? So it's, it's a lot of things. It's not just one thing, but... A multitude of things. Ladies, please. Yeah. Get out here. Get out here. Do what you can. <laughs> so that actually brings me to my next point. And you already mentioned one with, the, I think it was resist.org. But how can women get more involved with making decisions that directly affect them, whether it be, hey, putting your hat in the ring for um, local positions or other things such as resist.org, where you're letting your politicians know that what y'all doing, I don't like that shit. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. I'm going to keep it real funky with you, okay. as they would say, back in the day. That's back in the day for um, real. <laughs> and, and and black women, women of color, I want you to go to the back of the room. I want you to go to the back. White women. 
Come up here. Come up to the stage. <laughs> Stop voting Republican. Stop it. Stop voting Republican. White women vote overwhelming majority for Republicans. We saw it in 2016. We saw it in 2020. We see people who don't want to talk to their family members about politics, but probably should. And once again, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir because if you're more likely to talk to your family about politics, you're probably leaning less anyway. Right. right? Unless you have like, you know, let's go Brandon and F Joe Biden and you're really strong about those. But talk to your family members who are not engaged or your friends who are not engaged because like you said early on in the podcast it's so easy to to just be doing your own thing you you got kids you got work you got all of this and you just cannot watch the news every day like me you cannot watch cnn hour upon hour like a lunatic like i do (laughs) but talk to your family members, your friends who are disconnected, you would be surprised. It's just some people just don't, like, they see this and they're just like, oh, I don't even want any parts of it, right? Mm-hmm. And they won't vote. Or they go in and they just pick anybody. They don't know. They, they're one-issue voters. And so, you know, they might see abortion and they say, yeah, well, I'm going to vote for him because he's against abortion, but you're... Also, you have children who are school age who might be going to preschool and Democrats are actually trying to get universal pre-K or Mm -hmm. they're actually trying to uplift children from poverty with the child tax credit. Like people don't always understand what's going on. And if you do talk to them, that's Mm -hmm. the easiest way besides voting also for candidates who actually will do something to benefit not just you but others i think we have this in the u.s just such an individualistic like mentality where it's like if it's if i'm good whatever then it's all good right (laughs) if i'm good it's all good you know and that's not the case like we have to have some kind of sympathy and empathy for others i don't plan on having children but I know that abortion is health care and should be provided for other people. I am not making seven twenty-five an hour, but I know that the minimum wage should be raised because inflation doesn't stop. Don't it won't stop for you. It's growing. <laughs> Rockefeller Records, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's about sympathy for other people like the way that I'm online that I'm talking on Twitter I'm talking on Facebook you think that I was a waitress making 225 because it, everybody should be able to make a living right like point blank period so it, it's about understanding that we're only we're only as good as our weakest link exactly mm, that's that part right now, we're looking real weak we real weak. You got to go out. You got to do the work. That doesn't mean that you have to get out in the streets, but you got to do the work. Sometimes I make my friends come over and write postcards. And it's not the best thing they like to do. But I'm like, listen, I feed y'all. Let's write some postcards. <laughs> Send them off. Put them in the mail. They go out. And I like to think that I helped 
Raphael Warnock and John Ossoff get elected. Yes, we were on it. Baby, we were in this living room (laughs) postcards. In the trenches. (laughs) Every day I'd be like, that's my word. That's my word. I love that, though, because it's something small and obtainable. Like, you don't, like, have to do... A lot of you, don't, if you, oh, I don't go out like that, or you know, I'm, I ain't got the mm-hmm. time. Like, do a couple postcards, right? You, exactly. That's easy. Exactly. I think also to Brandy's point too is that you know, because I know a few people that are like, oh, I'm I'm, I'm Republican, so I'm a vote Republican, no matter what it means, mm-hmm. and and they don't take time to actually see what the Republican is actually standing for, right? What they're fighting for, what changes they want to actually make. Why don't you choose? Right. The person that's gonna do the best job and who gives a shit about who you what you know Republican Democrat right. like do go go for that and know what the person is standing for instead of just voting someone in just because I'm Republican you right. know what I mean and people do it I mean I do it I vote straight Democrat all <laughs> the time but in my mind it depends I'm voting straight Democrat so I don't feel like nobody about to go rush the Capitol because somebody cheated in the election like Democrats don't do shit like that. <laughs> Exactly. And it's like, you know, if you have Rick Scott, who is a part of planning the Republican agenda, if they get back in the House, putting out a 12-point plan saying that we're going to ban books and ban transgender athletes, but we're also going to raise taxes on half of the population. Like, Mm -hmm. which one of those is actually going to affect you? Exactly. Reading (laughs) books, you know, like, there's maybe one transgender athlete on average in any school district at a time. Like, what's actually going to affect you instead of what can I, like, I, I just don't understand people who are okay with other people making life hard for some Exactly. People. Right. That's wild to me. So, yeah, it's just that one issue voting thing is really a problem. We kind of have to get over it. And I know that having conversations is not for everybody because some of us don't have the patience. I'm one of them. But, like, sometimes it just takes, like, saying, like, does that even stand up to logic? Right. Like, did you think about that critically? Like, why would that make sense? You know, someone you know is a conspiracy theorist. Let's walk through that. <laughs> is Let's it see me? if it holds <laughs> up to reasoning. You know, it's just ridiculous. There's so many things we can do besides actually having like to get out in the trenches and get in the streets. So, I also listen to Pod Save America. Love them, and they actually have a website right now. It's called Vote. Save America is V O T E Save America. And you can actually put in your zip code and look for things that you can do. You can do like volunteering, you can do phone banking. Like so many politicians do phone banking. It's easy. Now, I don't really like it because I want to get cussed out because then I have to get ugly on the phone. <laughs> That's something you want to do, or if you want to get, you want to send out text messages, and you don't care if anybody cusses you. Hey, out, them text messages be pissing me off. I'm like Samantha, <laughs> how did you get my number? <laughs> please <laughs> go and get. Listen, that, please believe they have your data. If you have voted, if you've registered, they have your data anyway. So you know, sometimes I respond back. Um, no, I'm not down with this, and let me tell you why. No, I'm not going to send you money, and let me tell you what <laughs> is upsetting me. While you're here, girl. right? Me and you my homegirl. So, 
or thoughts that you may have on government and the abort this abortion decision or you know politics and and women in general and we'll start with Nadia um I guess voting for sure and and making wise choices right mm-hmm. and what with wise choices I mean stop standing for the bullshit because that's yeah. what we do typically right when we don't mm. allow our voice to be heard we ultimately end up Standing for the bullshit. Yeah. And then get mad behind it. So at the end of the day, (laughs) stop standing for the bullshit. (laughs) That is that is a real word. A lot of times in general, like in life, period. Period. Like what happens to us sometimes is because we allow it to happen to us. And women especially, I think we don't realize our power. When when somebody's like, oh my gosh, we didn't think they would win and they look, it's black women. We did that shit. Uh-huh. Like, we have we have the power and we use the power. But I think at times such as this, we don't realize how much power or how far reaching our power has the, you know, the ability to go. So, yeah, Nadia said, don't stand for it. You don't have to stand for it. And on the course of abortion, you do you, women, when abortions was illegal they were still getting them like you know we just want it to be safe and if that's your choice please make it in a safe manner that's right please make it so that and when that it's not detrimental or traumatic to you and or the fetus you are carrying you know ultimately it is your choice it is your body and no matter when where and how you choose to do it the government in my opinion should have no say in that period outside of providing me a safe place to get it done at. Right. Um, and so, you know, just make sure that your voice is getting heard on this and equal pay and minimum wage. Like, these are the things that affect women, honestly, the most. We're usually always getting kind of the leftovers. So utilize those resources Brandy told you about, resist.org, write your postcards, phone banking, and your politicians, especially your lower local politicians, need your donations, girl. Skip them lashes this week. Okay. It's fine. Or or, or that Starbucks drink, right? That Starbucks. At the end of the day, you could make That's some sort of contribution. That Starbucks high. That Starbucks high. I, I get it every day. <laughs> but <laughs> a week, you be in line of politicians' pocket with them donations. If you I do it. I do it so I know. But also remember that like the black voice is huge. It's huge. It's so huge. I think we think that oh we won't be listened to, so we don't do. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind the black voice, just like the black dollar. That shit speaks volumes. When we use it, they have no choice. That's the point. It's like you said, you think it doesn't matter, but when you use it collectively, you find out it matters the most. Change. Right there. Right in front of our eyes. Right in front of our eyes. First thing I'm going to say is we need to be our own advocate. Yes. Be your Mm -hmm. own advocate and always question the source. Mm. Question the source. Do your own research. You know, do we can tell you whatever, but you need to do your own research and um, do what's best for you and your family in this situation. Well, that's said. that's good, Danielle. Okay, go ahead, Brittany. 
<laughs> Go ahead, Brandy. <laughs> Insightful conversation. Yes, well, you know, look, we'll probably be calling you back because we didn't even get into the whole gun situation and yeah. all that stuff. So that's yeah. The, yeah, that's we're gonna have to reserve it for. We have another Supreme Court decision coming on that in June, so maybe we can do it then. That would be good. good. We appreciate you yeah. so much. Thank you so much for joining us. Danielle hanging up on YouTube. We love you guys. Love Bye. You. Thanks, Brandy. Bye. That was such a good conversation. It was. I love the conversation. All right. We hope that you got something out of it and that you were inspired to do work in your community, in your state, so that the government and men who don't know you, men who don't know nothing about being no woman, ain't never carried no baby, ain't never got paid ain't half never been as much in as a they successful relationship, uh, so he can't even speak towards shit. Can't. 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 Got where he is probably from nepotism. You, you can't okay. tell me nothing, okay? Exactly. Make sure y'all get out there and get involved because truly your life depends on it. And if you have suggestions as a matter of fact of how women could, how women voices can be heard, what it is that we yes. can do, make sure you drop that on our IG as well. Share it in the stories. You can I uh, DM us if need be, but just share that information with us and we'll share it to the audience. Yes, reach one, teach one. Um, <laughs> before we get out of here, we are going to introduce our girl boss for Yay, this episode. girl boss. So this week we have Jaquil Leathers. She's with Seven Cuts Above NC. Jaquil Leathers is an altruistic humanitarian whose work is focused on catering personal care for the special needs population. She was born and raised in North Carolina. Leathers knew and answered her calling for public service through her personal experience with loving and caring for her younger sister with special needs, Jessica. Love me some quill. Um, she recognized the love and understanding she had for those with special needs and wanted to do something big to make a difference. And in 2015, Seven Cuts Above NC LLC was created. But Seven Cuts Above NC's mission as a mobile hair salon and barbershop specializing in services for those with special needs extends beyond the obvious. In addition to providing services to the special needs, they also aim to educate and teach other personal care professionals how to properly service individuals with special needs via courses entitled What Comes Before the Cut that is scheduled to be released in December of 2022 this year. Since Leather's creation of Seven Cuts Above, 
NC, her tenacity and passion has been met with continuous success and support from the community through interviews, recognitions, and events from, but not limited to, News and Observer, CW22, Spectrum, Governor Pat McCroy, and the Special Olympics. Seven years later and Leathers is still getting started. She hopes with the help of the community and philanthropists that she acquires a sprinter bus to serve at a greater capacity and to one day make seven cuts above NC and what becomes what comes before the cut, a global change and denoted through Leather's mantra, aim to inspire. Love some, I call her Quill, but <laughs> love her to death. I, she she really does make an impact in the community. She's, she's very active on her social media platforms. Um, you could actually follow her on Facebook at seven, the number seven, uh, cuts above INC or IG at seven, cuts above NC and what comes before the cut. Um, you could also uh, email her or look at the website, excuse me, www.7cutsabove.com or she has a GoFundMe. She's trying to get that sprinter going. She's trying to do things in the community and I'm telling you, she is amazing with them. So you can uh, go on her GoFundMe and, and kind of contribute at GoFundMe gofund.me slash 8048465E. I love that. Yes. Like to, I didn't even know anything about that. And that's good because I know um, like a lot of teachers and things like that or mm-hmm. I'm in Facebook book groups and they're like, oh, what's a good, you know, this is the situation with my child and we already, always have a hard time trying to get haircuts and stuff. And so, you know, even right now she doesn't have, you know, the big sprinter that mm-hmm. she wants. And so she's like, okay, well, there might be people with salons and barbershops. Exactly. So I'm going to have these courses for people who might have the building at the time to be able to service these individuals. And this is what we talk about community exactly. because what it's important is the community. community. Like it's not necessarily me getting rich. Of course y'all go support her GoFundMe. We want her to be able to continue to expand mm-hmm. and be profitable. But ultimately her goal is so that these special needs uh people, kids, children, adults are able to the bare necessities, getting your the hair done, getting your hair cut. Like exactly. those are bare necessities that we without, you know, special needs take uh, for granted. Exactly. And she doesn't have a sprinter now, but she she's definitely mobile. She goes. Yeah. And she, I mean, she's awesome. I'm telling you, go follow her. Make sure you guys follow her. And if you can uh, contribute, feel free to contribute to her. We want to make sure she continues to do the work in the community. Please do. So we want to go ahead and thank you guys for tuning in to this wonderful, amazing episode that we just had. Uh, So we definitely want to thank you for tuning in to Definition of a Woman. There's levels to this shit. Make sure you guys are following the podcast on all our social medias, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. We're Definition of a Woman everywhere. Everywhere. Thank you for sharing and liking and rating. And please continue to do so. But all five stars, okay? Only five. Okay. Okay. We appreciate the five stars. <laughs> we okay? do. We, we thank, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> and we also thank you for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I say it like this. If you can tell me what to do, then you can tell me what to do. But if you can't tell me what to do, you can't tell me what to do. <laughs> Thank you.